food, glorious food. I love food. <laughs> Chocolate, biscuits, bread, pasta. I love going out to eat. I love a barbecue. I just love food. How about you? Now, there are people that don't love food. I get that. But isn't it a controversial topic? And if you do food every day, if it's something that's a part of your life every day, <laughs> for some people it isn't because fasting's become very popular, uh, how do we know what to eat? How do we know what's going to make us feel good? And why has food become such a complicated thing? And it's interesting that food's become a complicated thing and the world's getting fatter and sicker and more diseased than it's ever been. And a lot of the medical professionals are sharing with us that a lot of the challenges that we have with our health has to do with our food. And it's a big, uh, complicated topic. But how about this? Is food emotional for you or is it logical? And there's two parts to that because some people eat for pleasure, some people eat for performance, and some people eat for both. And the emotion, the pleasure of food is different, yeah, than the logic and the performance of food. Uh, but if we went back to the logic... And as an exercise professional, I think it's important that we understand the logic, the science, the anatomy, physiology of what food does inside our body. Could that be important to understand? And if we looked at it just from a purely logical point of view, it might help with the emotion. Now, it might not. I get that. And the reason I can say that so positively, my career path as a personal exercise coach was dedicated to people that had a poor relationship with food. And the reason for that is because I love food so much and because I love the pleasure of eating food, I wanted other people to feel that too. So a lot of people gravitated towards me as a personal exercise, to be their personal exercise coach because they had such a poor relationship with food that they didn't want. So people who were anorexic or bulimic or uh, exercise bulimics or obese people, morbidly obese people, Roa, you have such a great relationship with food, I would love to enjoy my food too. I would love to be able to eat food without feeling guilty. I would love to eat food without counting calories, counting fat grams, counting micronutrition and macronutrition percentages. I would just love to enjoy my food. And I am very privileged that I literally, uh, everything I eat, I love it. I only eat when I'm hungry. I stop eating when I'm full. Uh, I don't have any bad foods or good foods. I don't have any philosophy on you should eat this and you shouldn't eat that and that's bad for you. Uh, I just have this very healthy headspace when it comes to food. Uh, is it possible for everybody to have that? I don't know. I wish I could give it to everybody in a pretty pink box because I've dealt with so many people that not only have such a poor relationship with food, but it seems that their relationship with themselves uh, comes out in the way that they eat. So they hate themselves, so they want to stop eating, or they hate themselves, so they eat and throw up, or they hate themselves, so they continually eat and keep eating till they feel sick, or a combination of all of those. And I'm just coming at you from a place where I just don't wish that for anybody. Now, I'm not sure now, after many, many years of doing this, doing this literally decades, I'm not sure that I can change adults, but I would really love our kids to grow up in a world where they have a great relationship with their food. I would love all of our kids to love what they eat, to be excited about their meals, to, for food to be a fun experience in their life. And for a lot of people, that's what they want. They want to enjoy the social event of, I love going out for dinner, I love having a barbecue, I love going on a picnic, I love, and I'm a real geographic eater, I love popcorn at the movies and I love to 
eat pizza in Italy and gelati is my favorite food and I could eat that everywhere, but I particularly love to eat it in Italy. Uh, I'm a meat pie eater at the football. I like hot chips on a cold day. I just love all food. Now, when I say that, there are foods that I don't like. And when people say to me, you should eat this because it's good for you, I don't care if it's good for me. I don't want to eat it because I don't like it. If somebody says to me, you shouldn't eat that, it's bad for you, I don't want to have that headspace because I have seen what that headspace does for people. So if we could keep food really logical, and I'm not saying that we can, but let's say that we can, uh, how would we do that? And the interesting thing is food can be wrapped up as simply as this. Uh, It's made up of water. And interestingly, because we talk about how much water we should drink, but most of the water that we get is actually from our food. Isn't that interesting? All all of this, you know, that you should drink eight glasses or you should drink two litres or this is the amount of water that you need every day. Uh, Technically, it doesn't come from what you drink. And most of what the water that we get comes from our food. So food's made up of water. Interesting. Where does the energy for food come from? The sun. So whether it comes from plants that we eat or animals that eat plants and then we eat the animals, that all comes from the sun. So I think that's a really just a fun thing to keep in your headspace, that all energy comes from the sun. Most uh, people who eat food for energy, and that, technically that's why we have to eat food because if you don't eat any food, you don't have any energy and you'll die. Uh, and if, you've, if you're dead, you certainly don't need any energy. Isn't that fun? So water and sunshine, pretty important. Uh, then all food is made up of carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen. That's pretty much it. Because <laughs> carbohydrate, CHO, carbohydrate, hydrogen, oxygen. Fat is made up of carbohydrate, hydrogen, or sorry, carbon, hydrogen, oxygen. It's the same thing, yet we get so confused and complicated and argue about fats good and carbs are bad or carbs are good and fats bad and that's that's been my whole life has been an argument between those two but they're made out of the same thing and the body breaks everything down to what it can use as, as an energy source and ultimately the energy source for our muscles to you to to function for our body to function is glucose which is technically carbohydrate so your body will put will turn everything and that's what's so interesting about carbohydrate and fat they're both made from carbon hydrogen oxygen it's that simple when you add protein into the mix protein is made of carbon hydrogen oxygen and nitrogen now i didn't do very well at science in school but they are just stuff they're just molecules of stuff The way they're bonded together is a little bit different. And the way the body has to break them down to be able to use them is a little bit different. But ultimately, we need to have sunshine, we need to have water, and we need to have carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen. Interesting. (laughs) So when you talk about percentages of macronutrition, and you'll often hear that now, and that's what I think is one of the really sad things about food. We don't talk about food now as I had a great meal or I ate a great piece of steak or I had a really yummy sandwich or I really enjoyed my hot chips or I had a great pie at the football. We don't seem to talk about food anymore, particularly in the exercise profession. We talk about macros. And have you got the right percentage of macros? Well, technically what you should be talking about is carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen. And how much of that does your body need? Then if, and let's start with the first one. We obviously need oxygen because if we don't have oxygen, we're going to die. That's really important. You have to have fluid because if you don't, food you can live without for a little bit. But uh, sorry, fluid you need quite regularly, otherwise you will die. 
Uh, and it's often fascinates me that when you read books about nutrition, there's a lot of talk about macronutrition, micronutrition, carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, but not a lot of talk about poor old H2O, which is hydrogen, oxygen. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> so we need to have sunshine. We need to have water. Do you have long, clear wee? And I'll, I'm going to just go through this as a simple process because I like, I'm all about feeling healthy and having a stack of energy. And these are the four questions that I always ask. Whatever eating plan you're on and whatever exercise plan you're doing, as an exercise professional, I feel it's my responsibility to give you an eating and exercise plan or for you to choose an eating and exercise plan that gives you a stack of energy, helps you perform at your best, make sure that you love what you see in the mirror and or the way your body feels in the mirror, and to make sure that you're getting the results that you want. To me, they're the, the all-important thing. So whatever you're eating, do you have a stack of energy? Are you performing at your best? Do you love what you see in the mirror? And are you getting the results that you want? That's pretty easy. So that then, if you're going to break that down to the simplicity of, are you getting enough sunshine? Because if you don't get the energy from the sun, and the, the big one there, if you're talking about micronutrition, is vitamin D. And it's not that the sun gives you vitamin D. It helps your body produce vitamin D. So if you're not getting enough fresh air and sunshine, well, if you don't get enough air, you're going to die. If you don't get sunshine, you're going to die. So they're pretty important. If you want to have a stack of energy and feel good, isn't that what food and exercise should be all about? I'm going to ask again because I think it's something that we just don't focus on. We focus on can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have. This is what you should eat. This is what you can't eat. This is a percentage. This is the calories. This is how much and when. But we forget that. Ultimately, do I have a stack of energy? Am I performing at my best? Do I love the way I look? And am I getting the results that I want? And if the answer is yes, I often share this very passionately. Don't change what you're doing. It's bloody working for you. I don't care what guru comes along and tells you don't have, mustn't have, can't have, shouldn't have. Whatever you're doing is working. If you don't have a stack of energy, if you're not performing at your best, if you don't like what you see in the mirror and you aren't getting the results that you want, rather than let's go have a look at what some guru is doing or let's have a look at some fanatical eating plan or let's look at some crazy athlete's exercise program, how about this? Start with the fundamentals of am I getting enough sunshine because that's where all the energy comes from. Am I getting outside? And there's a lot of people who can't say yes to that anymore, which I think is really sad because a lot of people live inside. They're on a screen all the time. They're in their office all the time. They stay inside all the time. They're in the car. They're on public transport. They sleep inside. There is no sunshine and, a lot, and for a lot of people, no fresh air either because they're always inside an air-conditioned office or an air-conditioned building or they're, they're not breathing fresh air. So sunshine and fresh air, great place to start. Do you have enough fluid? And it's not about eight glasses or two litres or one litre for every 25 kilograms of body weight because there's too many questions to be asked there, I think. The question is, what colour is your tinkle? What colour is your wee? And how much are you doing? And if you've got long, clear wees and you do them quite regularly, so a couple of times a day and you have a big wee and it's clear in colour, congratulations, you're hydrated. If you're doing lots of stinky yellow tinkles, that is a really cool sign that you might need to put some more fluid into your body pretty easy. So sunshine, fresh air, fluid. Then carbohydrate, carbon, hydrogen, oxygen. Fat, carbohydrate, hydrogen, oxygen. It's the same. It's just a different bonding. Protein, carbohydrate, oh, sorry, carbon, hydrogen. And I'd say that it's a, it's a slip of the tongue, but it's interesting because the poor old carb, carbohydrate gets a really bad rap. But ultimately, protein and fat are made of carbon, hydrogen, oxygen as well. That's just got their um, 
protein's just got the added component of nitrogen. So I just think it's really odd that we give poor old carbohydrate a really hard time, but it's made of the same stuff as the other two macronutrients. So really? <laughs> so what happens to them inside the body and without getting too complicated, and I love that it's complicated for some people because I, I love listening to people talk passionately about what happens to food inside the body. But ultimately it's this. There's four, literally four macronutrients, not just three, because the fourth one is alcohol. And I always talk about alcohol for a reason because the, the four macronutrients you can live on them, they're called macro for a reason. They will keep you alive. Now, the micronutrition that we have, which is vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, phytochemicals, uh, they're the things that make, make us full of energy and give us all the things that we need. But ultimately, to stay alive, you need the macronutrition and you can live on alcohol, carbohydrate, protein, fat. I wonder why. Maybe they're made from the same thing. It's just a different chemical bonding. But alcohol and those four macronutrients, alcohol is the interesting one because there's no storage space for alcohol. So carbohydrate you can store, half a kilo. Fat, unlimited storage. Protein, your body's made of protein, so that's technically where you store it. But this stuff, we have no storage for it. So it's a bit of a random because what do we do with alcohol? We can use it as an energy source, and if you if you have nothing else to eat and there's nothing else to survive on, you could just drink beer, you could just drink alcohol, alcohol, and you could survive. But the interesting thing is that when you have alcohol in your system, it becomes the preferred energy source. So you burn the alcohol as an energy source because it's a toxin, there's nowhere to store it. And then if you're eating carbohydrate, protein, or fat, which technically you're not eating carbohydrate, protein, or fat, you're eating carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen, uh, then you, those things, your body will have to store them, which it can, but it can't store alcohol. So that's just an interesting thing to take note of. If you've got alcohol in your system, the rest of the macronutrition that you eat would get stored somewhere until you've burnt off the alcohol because the alcohol is the preferred energy source because there's nowhere to store it. Pretty easy. Now let's start with the one that's got the highest number of calories. Alcohol, seven calories per gram, just as an interesting side note. And a calorie simply meaning a unit measurement of energy. So we, it's not uh, this is a fat calorie, and this is a carbohydrate calorie, and this is an alcohol calorie. No, a calorie is just the amount of energy that your body needs to get throughout the day. It's a unit measurement of energy. So seven calories in a gram of alcohol. That's just interesting, take note. The largest uh, source of energy is fat. There's nine calories per gram. And what do we need energy for? Well, our body runs on calories. So we need energy for every function inside our body. The way we measure that is in calories. We have a base metabolic rate, which is how many calories we need if we're in a warm room doing nothing. How much does our body need to grow hair, grow skin, grow teeth, breathe, create muscle, all that stuff. But interestingly, if you're lying in a warm room doing nothing, your metabolic rate will be, your base metabolic rate is of course determined by how big you are, how much muscle you've got, and uh, what your body requires to do nothing. So that's base metabolic rate. Your metabolic rate is how many calories you, you need to do what you need to do, and that changes throughout the day, of course. So if you get hot or cold, if you are uh, active or inactive, if you're using your brain or not using your brain, your calorie expenditure changes. So that's your metabolic rate, how many calories you're using at the moment. So base metabolic rate, how many calories do you need to survive in a warm room over 24 hours? Metabolic rate, how, how many calories are you burning at the moment because you're doing, doing stuff? 
And then your respiratory quotient, which is where are those calories coming from? Where is your body preferring to draw uh, calories from at the moment, which of course, if you've got alcohol in your system, then your res respiratory quotient, your respiratory quotient will be alcohol because your body prefers to be alcohol because there's nowhere to store it. All right, I've said that already. Come on, move on, Rowie. So the next one is fat. What does my body do with fat? I need it, of course. Your body, it, it's a macronutrient for a reason because our body has functions inside it that uses fat. Now, yes, we use it to keep us warm and some of us have a, a thin blanket and some of us have a thicker blanket and some of us have a very thick duvet or doona uh, keeping us warm in the winter time, which is awesome. That's called fat. But we use oil, essential fatty acids. The brain uses it. Your cholesterol is really important because it it's, creates most functions inside the body. Uh, your hair, your skin all need oil, need fat. So it's important, nine calories per gram. Interestingly, from a storage perspective, we have unlimited storage for fat. And I think this is really important to remember. Uh, it's not like I eat enough fat and then my body says, oh, let's just oxidize it off. And I know that your body tries to do that, but sometimes we just put too much in there. And a fat cell can expand and expand and expand and expand. And each fat cell has a tiny little baby fat cell attached to it so that if it expands too much, it can actually split into two and those two fat cells can keep expanding. And that's why we have this unlimited ability to keep getting fatter. And something that I've seen, it's a phenomenon that's happened in my lifetime, where being overweight was, you know, if you're 100 kilos, perhaps you were considered to be overweight. Well, we now have people that are two and 300 kilos. Uh, there, America has a, a television show called My 600 Pound Body. Uh, that, that's just an example of the body's ability to expand fat. Now, fat is fat. If I eat fat, it's very, it's not a process. My body can just turn, the fat that I eat can very simply get put into my fat cell because fat is fat. Nine calories per gram, it's already fat. Interestingly, however, alcohol, I'm going to say it again, alcohol cannot convert to fat. So it can't make you fat technically. But would it be good to know, again, that when you drink this, that your body stores everything else? So if you're drinking alcohol and eating food, your body will burn off the alcohol, but it has to store the food. It's got nothing else to, nowhere else to put it. It has to store it. So fat will store in the fat cell. Carbohydrate, we only have a half a kilo storage space. It's a very small tank. Uh, we store it in our brain as glucose and in our muscles and liver as glycogen. We have an, some blood sugar that floats around in our bloodstream. Very limited capacity, half a kilo for carbohydrate storage. So what happens when we eat too much carbohydrate? And that's the, the question that everybody has an argument about. Well, it can make us fat, of course, because the body can produce or has the process, is capable of turning carbohydrate into fat. Isn't that smart? Uh, if we eat too much, your body says, "I can't. My st my storage space for carbohydrate is full, so we want to keep. If you want us to keep storing carbohydrate, we can't store it as carbohydrate now because that storage tank's full. So we have to convert it into something that we can store, which is fat. Now, the interesting thing there is, 25% of the calories that you eat of too much carbohydrate are burnt up in the process of the storage. So if you eat 100 calories of carbohydrate and you don't use them, only 75 of those calories will end up in a fat cell because the process of converting them uh, takes 25% of the calories. Just something interesting to take note of. But also take note that fat is made of carbohydrate, 
so carbon, hydrogen, oxygen. Carbohydrate is made of carbon, hydrogen, oxygen. Just an interesting thing to remember. So fat, unlimited storage. Carbohydrate, half a kilo of storage. Protein, our body's made of. And every time we do something, we put micro tears into our muscles. Uh, we break down hair, skin, and nails constantly. Our body's repl- replacing itself constantly. Our bones, our muscles, our hair, our skin, all of our organs, everything is turning over constantly. So yes, we have to have protein. It's very important. Uh, how much do we need is a really controversial uh, topic. And I'll, I'll share again, there is some, uh, it's a bit like water. People say you need eight glasses of water. People say you need one gram of protein for every kilogram of body weight. So if you weigh 60 kilos, you need to eat 60 grams of protein every day. But I will happily, and I'm sure that you know this, there are people that eat less than that, that can say they've got a stack of energy. They perform at their best. They love what they see in the mirror and they're getting the results that they want. And there are people who eat much, much more than that, three, four, five times more than that. What does your body do with excess protein? Pretty much the same as excess carbohydrate. Because remember, carbohydrate and protein are made from carbon, hydrogen, oxygen. It's just that uh, protein's got nitrogen. So that's why your body can store it as fat, because it just breaks the chemicals, uh, the chemical bonding differently so that it can store in the fat cell, which is exactly what happens with excess protein. Your body will do everything to store it in your hair, skin, nails, muscles. It will do everything. And if you take often, if you, if you start getting too much protein, uh, particularly if you take taking a protein supplement or your protein bar or all the things you can get of protein now, your body will pee a fair bit of it out. It'll try and get rid of as much much of it as it can. But if you keep putting too much of anything into your body, yes, your body can convert protein into fat to store it for later on, can convert uh, carbohydrate into fat to store it for later on. It just breaks down those chemical bonds because I'll share again, what is food made out of? Sunshine. Oxygen. Carbohydrate is made from carbon, hydrogen, oxygen. Fat is made from carbon, hydrogen, oxygen. Protein is made from carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen. It's pretty simple. Why do we make it so complicated? Uh, The body uses carbohydrate for the brain, glucose. Exercise, if you're exercising at high intensity, your body can only use carbohydrate. So you're going to be using the stored carbohydrate in your liver and in your muscles, the glucose in your brain, because that starts off the whole central nervous system process. Your body uses protein to rebuild and replace, rebuild and replace, pretty easy, and fat stores in your fat cell. That's, this whole thing is not that complicated. Why do we make it so complicated? If we eat too much of anything, our body will, everything will end up in your fat cell because alcohol doesn't make you fat. But if your body's burning alcohol, then the fat that you eat and the protein that you eat and the carbohydrate that you eat will turn into fat because your body's busily burning alcohol. If you eat too much carbohydrate, your body says my half a kilo of storage is full, the rest of it's going to end up in the fat cell. Protein, again, difficult to eat too much protein, and I'll share this is very special the human body is amazing protein's got a high satiety index meaning it makes you feel full so if you want to have a a body that 
uh, or if you if you are concerned about being hungry, one of the things that is suggested is that you always put protein into your meal because protein has a satiety index that makes you feel fuller than just carbohydrate. And I always use donuts as an example because for me, I love donuts, but I can eat ten donuts and not feel full. It just says no. There's nothing in a donut that makes you feel full. Full of high, very high in calories, high in fat. High in carbohydrate, and it's got pro- donuts have got protein in them, but uh, they just don't make us feel full because there must be a tiny amount of protein. So if you want to feel full, put some protein into your meal. That's a really one of the suggestions of if, if you're scared of feeling hungry. So what's the purpose of all of this? To keep food logical, why do we make it so complicated? Uh, there are emotional reasons for eating. There are emotional reasons for people becoming overweight. Uh, and again, I share, I've worked with people all of my life where uh, they hate food so much because they they use it as a tool against themselves. They use it as a way to hurt themselves. So that whether they're eating large amounts or eating not at all, it's a way to, uh, because they don't like who they are, they use food as a weapon against themselves. And this is why I'm talking about this today, because I don't want that for anybody. I would love our kids to know, and they do learn it in school. I don't know what happened to the happened to us. Maybe we forgot. But food is made of carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen, and that's what the body uses as macronutrition to survive. We need micronutrition to survive with energy and enthusiasm, and that's where vitamins and minerals and phytochemicals come from. Uh, but ultimately, uh, let's take all of that away. And I'll again ask this question: Are you getting sunshine? Are you getting fresh air? Are you getting enough fluid? And then the food that you eat, and this is why this is such a controversial topic, because there are carnivores in the world. There are people who only eat meat. And technically now, we have no carbohydrate. If you only eat animals, there is no carbohydrate. There's nitrogen, carbon, hydrogen, oxygen. So we're getting what we need if you eat only protein, because that's that's a macronutrient, your body can live on it. People, uh, there are other people who are plant-based, so they're getting very little protein, or the protein that they're getting is what we call an incomplete protein. When you get protein from an animal, uh, every essential amino acid is in the meat, in the, in the milk, in the cheese, in the butter. But in a, a plant-based protein, you have to mix some together. And how, how do you make that work effectively? Well, people do, because they're a vegan vegetarian, so eat no meat whatsoever. They still, they're getting plenty of carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen. They're just getting it from different sources. Isn't that interesting? Then there's people who have a combination of the two. So some people eat meat, or they, they're not vegan vegetarians, so they don't eat meat, but they eat eggs and cheese and, and butter, for example. Uh, and they all of that group whether they're plant-based eat no meat at all or carnivore and eat no plants at all there are people in that complete spectrum who will share with you passionately that they have a stack of energy they perform at their best they love what they see in the mirror they love the way their body feels and they're getting the results that they want so could food be a little bit more personal than carbon hydrogen oxygen nitrogen or does it have to be any more personal than that as long as we're getting those things, we're going to survive. The, the breakdown of the chemical breakdown then of am I getting enough water-soluble and fat-soluble vitamins 
that again goes back to the only way I would know that is if I've got a stack of energy, I'm performing at my best, I love what I see, and I'm getting the results that I want. And a quick way to tell from micronutrition, do I have strong teeth? Do I have bright eyes? Have I got shiny hair? Have I got strong fingernails? Have I got good posture? That shows me that I've got strong muscles and bones. Uh, whatever isn't working for you, do you need to change it? What is working for you? Why would you change it? And if you're going to change it, rather than listen to some social media guru or some expert, because the experts all disagree, I promise you, there are cardiologists who say carnivore and there are cardiologists that say vegan, vegetarian, and they argue loudly. So what do you believe? How about work it out for you? What do you love to eat? What don't you like to eat? Uh, why would you waste calories on food that you don't like? Why would you stop eating food that you do like? And if what you're doing is giving you the energy, performance, the body and the results that you want, why would you change anything? And if you're not getting any of those or not getting as much, if you're not performing at your best, if you don't have all the energy that you need all of the time every day, then how about tweak a little bit at a time rather than I'm going to go carnivore or I'm going to go vegan. And of course you can do that if you want to. But it's interesting that we tend to or the world seems to follow the fads and fashions of food rather than what's going to be best for me. And it might be fun to say, I'm going to be a vegan vegetarian, but what if it doesn't suit you? The reverse, what if somebody says you should be a carnivore, but for religious reasons or ethical reasons, you don't want to eat animals. Uh, how about work out what's best for you? Your body needs sunshine, fresh air, water, carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen. Isn't that simple? Thank you for coming to Romax. And as I share every day, I'm here every day because I would like being healthy, fit and strong to be simple and easy to understand. I'd love you to have a career or business that you love. I would love you to have financial freedom so you can eat all the food that you love and go all the places that you want to go and have a life that excites you. And I would love you to have great people in your life. But if you don't, wouldn't it be nice to have a great relationship with yourself so that whoever comes into your life, they would add value to your life, either because they're great people or because they're really crappy people, but you can learn and grow from them. And that's what Romax is all about. And to have a, a life where you can live life to the max, you've got to have energy. And energy comes from the sun, from water, from fresh air. And the fresh air, of course, is carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen. That's how simple it is. May you feel good. No, 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 no. You knew that you would now. No, 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 no. Because you get carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, sunshine, fresh air.